0: Today's scripture lesson comes from the second chapter of Mark, beginning with the first verse. And I want you all to know, I, I, you know, as I've gotten into habit now, because I think it's because I'm old, I'm going to turn this passage upside down compared to what you've heard before. So be prepared. We're going to have some fun. Amen? Amen. After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum. And word got around that he was back home. And a crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so that no one could get in or out. He was teaching the word. They brought a paraplegic to him, carried by four men. And when they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paralyzed man on his stretcher. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to that one paralyzed, Son, I forgive your sins. Well, some of the religious scholars sitting there started whispering among themselves, He can't talk that way. That's blasphemy, for God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking and saying, and he said, Why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler to say to the paraplegic, I forgive your sins, or get up and take your stretcher and start walking? Well, just so that it's clear that I am the son of humanity and authorized to do either or both, and he now looks at the paraplegic and says, Get up. Take your stretcher and go home. And the man did. He got up, grabbed his stretcher, and walked out with everyone there watching him. And they rubbed their eyes incredulous, and then praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. All right. I'm telling you why. I love this story because, number one, I told Lance right before the beginning of service, this passage absolutely fits this church. This passage was designed for Gentle Spirit Christian Church. General Spirit Christian Church exists to live out what this story is. And believe me, folks, there is so much stuff in here, it, it would take two weeks to unpack it, right? So I want you to just think about a couple of things. There were a couple of key verses. Look, the first thing, did you not catch that they were pissed when Jesus forgave this guy's sins? Think about that. Who was authorized to forgive in those days? Nobody but God. Think about that, folks. That means that if your neighbor pissed you off, it wasn't about forgiveness. It was about exacting some justice. So already in this story, we have a change in theology. We have a change in the way that we're going to do things because somebody else other than God is going to forgive. And now there's a real important point to that message, but let's, you know, let's back it up so we can have some fun with this. Who's the main point of this story? Who's the main character i mean besides jesus doing his thing who's the main character yes sir ma'am the paralyzed, the paralyzed man okay that's a, i i like that that makes sense right he's paralyzed he's being carried there right he's being dropped down in front of jesus but you know what you didn't hear because this is where i said i'm going to turn this thing upside down because for years in ter- church what do we do we focus on the miracle amen We focus on, oh my God, this guy was paralyzed and now he can walk. Uh (laughs) We never, ever mention that Jesus recognized the faith of his friends. Uh Had nothing to do with the paralyzed man, it had everything to do with the faith. Of his friends. Now, for those of you who are sitting there going, "Wow, wow, that's kind of, yeah, that's that's not a big deal," let me tell you something. How hard is it, folks, to work with somebody who is paralyzed? I got a taste of it last night when I went to see Amanda. MS has got her body, and it's not letting go. She can't. Use her right arm she can no longer walk on her left hand all she can use is her thumb first finger and the finger of love amen and she can only use that to grip things she cannot type on a keyboard anymore Her eyes last night got something in him and she wanted him out and I said here let me do that for you and she got pissed put the tissue in my hand and let me do it so do you think for a minute that this parallels paralyzed guy Was any easy thing? No. As a matter of fact, people around him were probably sick and tired of him. Sick and tired of having to wait on him hand and foot. And I titled this sermon what? From Preaching to Meddling? I'm about to meddle because how many of you get tired of each other and us? when we have to do something for you or you need some help we have people who won't ask for help because they think that what you're thinking is damn can't you do it yourself (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and what's the talk around the homeless if they would just get a job (laughs) you know we need the staff to show up on time And we got caught up in that, amen? We want to start on time, and the pastor is the biggest offender of this, right? Look, we get caught up in doing it the right way. We want to start church on time, but sometimes it's prevented. You know, that was one of the lessons we actually learned when we moved outside, amen, was that we were going to have weeks where it wasn't going to go according to plan, no matter what we did. You know, all we have to do here is be here another half hour or so, and it may start to rain again. Plans will change, amen? It makes teamwork. And what I realized as I was reading this and why I said that this was our church was because I realized, you know, Matthew had to steal a car today, although he didn't. We're kidding him about that. It was his grandma's car. Well, I just told the world, yeah. Any policeman out there, I was just kidding. I borrowed the car. Yeah. But if he hadn't done that, two more staff members would have picked him up and brought him to church so that he could do his responsibilities. It's the same thing with the guy in the mat. That guy in the mat sat there And had to beg for his food. And don't you know there were people that went by him every day saying, you know, why don't you do something? I know you're paralyzed, but why don't you do something? Can't you get somebody that could do this so we don't feel guilty every time we walk by? And then on top of that, can you imagine this guy on the mat? How many of you have known people that had some kind of disability? And how cranky do they get? Amen. How many of you have been sick? And how cranky do you get? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. You better claim that one. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm telling you that when the word got out that Jesus was in town and his buddy, I could just picture this, his buddy goes to him and says, you know who's in town? Jesus is in the house. (laughs) You know that guy that we've been hearing about? That guy that... He could fix you. And I'm sure that his buddy sitting on that mat looked at him and said, like, hell. There are going to be too many people there. It's going to be too crowded. Nobody cares about me. Nobody likes me. And besides, you can't carry me over there on your own. And who the hell is going to help you? And, you know, take that step, folks. Go into the church when you start doing some ministry. Amen. Amen. You need a you need some volunteers for the choir. You need some volunteers for the hygiene kit ministry. You need some volunteers to pray with you. You need some volunteers to give a ride here or there. Thank yes. You. And whatever you think at that time when you get caught up, that's exactly what this guy had to go through looking for those three other guys to get this mat. He gets the mat, he gets there. And what's the thing that the guy in the mat says? We don't have it in scripture, but you know what he said. Told you to be crowded. Yeah. What the hell are we doing here? Look at the crowd. We can't get in there. And his buddy says, no, man, we're going to get in there. And so one of the other guys who's not particularly happy with him goes, the only damn way we're going to get in is if you go through the roof. Hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. All right, move to the 21st century. I got the chainsaw on the back of the truck. Just <laughs> Oh, no. And how far do you think you're going to cut into that roof before you are surrounded by SWAT? <laughs> oh, oh, and how heavy was it? If this guy was the average, you know, if you do your, what, 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 what do we call that, uh, studies, sociological studies of how big people were and what they look like in, in a particular age, uh, anthropology, If you look back at that, we know that the average height of a man in those days was right around 5'6", 5'6", 5'7". Average weight, 135 to 150 pounds. This guy could not move. He could not help them as they got ready to lift him up. Hello, they're going up to a roof. And while it may not have been any higher than that, somebody, can you help me get somebody up there? put some me on this cart because I really don't want to fall off Amen. <laughs> and get this we learned a lesson here didn't we remember when we had that person who come to our church in a wheelchair Yep. and how much dignity it stole from them when we had to get four people to lift that wheelchair up so that it could get over the curb they would rather wheel all the way down there And come up at the sidewalk and be at the edge. Because what happens? When you lift up that wheelchair, there's a possibility that you're going to what? Drop him. So who can blame this guy in the mat? The whole time they're raising him up to the roof, going, what the hell are you doing? We don't need to be here. I told you, this is not going to work. And then when they get him on top of the roof, the other two guys look at his best buddy and say, this is on you. <laughs> you going you go to knock that hole in there? Go ahead. And then, what does it tell us in Scripture? Jesus understood the story of these four men, actually five, probably pretty much the way that I've explained it to you. He was amazed at what they were willing to do for their friend. Folks, point number 1 of this sermon. What are you willing to do for your brother or sister in the faith? Are you willing to knock a hole in the roof? Are you willing to listen to the cat calls? Of how you've jumped the line. And by the way, you noticed, they didn't knock a hole in the roof in no damn doctor's office. It was Jesus. And Jesus got that. Now, here comes the punchline. Because the scripture says, Jesus was amazed by their faith. Now, you know, paralysis happens for a lot of reasons, amen? Amen. You ever had too much to do, Reverend L.T., and just sit there and look at all that stuff that's on your plate and go, you know what, I'll just sing a song. I think I'll just sit here. I think I'll go read a book. I think I'll get on and I'll make a phone call. Hallelujah. I think I'll call somebody on staff. I have got too much to do. I am paralyzed. Or how about those of you who are so paralyzed with your anger that you can't smile anymore. Mm. How many of us are so paralyzed in our cynicism that we don't lift a hand to help anymore? Mm. There are lots of reasons that we are paralyzed besides physical. So now if you recognize that, you recognize the work of these four friends knocking that hole in the roof lowering this man he gets down to eye level with Jesus <laughs> and the f- words out of Jesus's mouth you're forgiven <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> you forgiven And then the jerks start to talk. Who the hell is he? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Only God can forgive sins. Oh, amen. You damn homosexuals, you're not forgiven for nothing. You transgender people, you should have stayed the way you were made. You people that don't have enough money to live in a capitalistic society, you're just part of Darwin, baby. You don't survive if you can't pay the bills. Oh, yeah, and you don't get to come to church begging every week for a need. Because we get tired of that, amen? We got other people to feed. We got other people to give our money to. And by the way, I am not going to keep giving money to this church if I don't get what I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now put yourself on that mat because that's all the stuff that's paralyzing you. And as you get lowered in front of Jesus in your relationship, hear these words, you are forgiven. Take your mat and go home. Go do the work. Mm. Jesus did two things, baby. He told us, one, that if we're going to live, there's got to be forgiveness. That was a message for us. He turned their whole world upside down. You don't have to wait for God to forgive you. If you've got a problem, forgive that person that you've got the problem with. Ooh, there's a novel idea. And secondly... We don't expect, and you don't want, people to try to get there on their own. Amen? Amen. Why? Because it isn't going to happen. I heard somebody down at the state capitol, one of these lobbyists, stand in front of this whole group of people and say, you know, all we have to do is get affordable housing and homelessness will go away. I wanted to scream. Affordable housing doesn't mean jack if you haven't got a job with a livable wage. (laughs) Affordable housing doesn't mean jack if you don't have access to being able to get help with your addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Affordable housing does not mean jack if you don't have access to mental health care. Mm -hmm. Do you understand this? That's why Jesus recognized those four people. And that's why Jesus and God, I think, with this church and the way that we do ministry, that we've got to take this seriously. It takes all of us. And then the one thing we got to remember when we're most upset with ourselves, when we're not happy with each other, when we're not happy with the world that we live in, we need to remember the words of Jesus. You are forgiven. And when everybody starts to mutter about that, Jesus asks a really simple question. Which is easier? To forgive somebody or try to fix them. You hear me? Because if you tell the guy to get up off the mat, isn't that what you're doing? You're trying to fix him, trying to come up with some kind of miracle cure so that he can do what? Take care of himself because you're too busy. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. So which is easier, folks, to forgive somebody and give them a new lease on life Or continue the sloppy stuff that we've done in society and in the churches for the last thousand years or so and try to fix people. It's a relationship with God is first. If people understand that they have a relationship with God, they can do anything. And if everybody has a relationship with God, then guess what? We all just kind of pitch in, don't we? How do you think this church gets set up in the morning? It's the story of the four men. Why do you think the church gets put away at the end of service it's the story of those four men why do you think we do all that we do with First Christian Church of Decatur it's because it's the four men most importantly though why do you pray for each other each and every day because the way to life is to know that we're forgiven, is to know that nothing can get between us and God. God bless you. Amen. Amen.